When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. But now, Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Oh, we are shaking it up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Shake it up. New time spot. So we talked no, about No, it's going to be moved to the top again. No, I know. I'm just... <laughs> Calm down. I get it. I'm flexible. All right. Um, we are closed for three days in a row. This happens about every six or seven years. So all stores are closed on Sunday. We are closed on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We've got a big sale. Uh, it's actually started already. So if you go to walzer.com, if you're in the market for a new car, you can see all the specials. You don't have to race out today. You've got till I believe, the 2nd of January before the calendar month of December and 2018 closes. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks for all your support. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Festivus. I think I got it all. Nope. What did I miss? You missed one. Ramadan. Yeah, Ramadan, that's like two months ago, though, isn't it? Oh, was it? It yeah. rotates, doesn't it? I don't know. It does. I have no idea. When's Ramadan? Yeah, Andy. Uh, let's see here. An Eid, I think, is in the summertime. Isn't Ramadan it? Yeah. ended in June. Yeah. What? Swing and a miss, Tom. Really on the ball. Swing and a miss, Tom. So Google, what do Muslims do at Christmas? Let's find out. That'll make a great commercial. What do Muslims do? They don't listen to the KQ Morning Show, I can promise you. Oh, there are some that do. Yeah, they do. Actually, a lot of them do now. Well, I'm I'm so courteous to everybody. I mean, let's be honest. Who's nicer to people than me? Well, let's see. Alex. I love that this is part of the commercial. Me. That's wonderful. Probably ought to take us out. We can figure out the whole Muslim we'll do Christmas that. thing later. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. 
It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Steve is unbelievable. He's on the phone. Steve. Oh, Steve. Which, yeah. Well, we're just, we're late. We're late? We're very late, yeah. Was he on the phone the whole time? Yeah, he's I, on the phone now. But well, I wish I did. Yeah, but can, can he call in the next segment? or? Can you, Steve? Hello. Hey, Steve. I'm how here. Are how are things, Steve? Good. What's happening? Everything good? Oh, Steve Sharippa's on already. That's wonderful. Steve, yeah. everything is really, really good. I'm confused. I'm uh, confused. Well, You'll fit right in. <laughs> what is happening? Steve, we're just we're in a situation. I'm very where... confused. Yeah, you'll be fine. What's happening? I tell you what, aren't you sick of carrying the show, Blue Bloods? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Please don't start that stuff, man. The show's <laughs> a good show. It's a great show. I have never missed an episode of it. Good show. Good stuff. It's too bad you have to hang around with such homely women, though, like, you know, Bridget Moynihan. Boy, it really must be she's tough. Great. She's she great. Is. She great is. Great person great. to work with. She's great. Great actress. Very underrated actress. She Terrific. Is. Steve, I will tell you. Very honestly, happy to be there, man. I love the fact that it's all about doing your job, serving the people, and having a wonderful family life. I, I, I've never missed an episode of Blue Bloods because that's what it's all about. I mean, your family entered into it, uh, of course, the situation with your mother. and I, it, It's a great show. It's magnificent. Steve Sharip. No, it's a really good show. Really, really good. Very happy and lucky to be a part of it. And uh, we go down. Tomorrow's our last day for until uh, the uh, January, January 9th to 10th or 11th, something like that. And uh, it's been a great season so far. I got a big episode January 4th coming. Oh, you do? A big episode about Anthony, yeah. So, uh, what's happening? Who do you got all there? You got the family? Who's there? Yeah, uh, the daughter. Is it just the two of you? How many are in the the studio now? We got six people in here. Wow. Got six people. We have Doug Sprinthal, who's a a very close friend of the family. Alex, our daughter. Catherine's not here today because she said it was going to be too crowded with six people. But, um, oh, she's getting a little snooty on us. Okay. Uh, you know, Steve, it's, it's been like this forever. Andy, our son, of course, is the <laughs> chief engineer on the show. And then we got Michael and Cassie as well. Everybody is a big fan. Oh, I should tell you, by the way. I Steve. love nepotism. I love nepotism. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Well, I did grow up Catholic. I love it. It's part of being a Catholic. You know I that. love nepotism. The Waynes <laughs> brothers had the right idea. I love it. <laughs> So how's the man? You got hire everyone. You're on Hello. Blue Bloods. You're uh, you're emceeing the April second Garden of Laughs. Uncle Steve's Italian specialties. By the way, Steve, I should mention this to you, that now when you send the pasta sauce to the radio station, I actually get it because I told the general ah, manager. Ah, there you go. They were stealing my pasta sauce. Some more. It's a radio station. Are you shocked? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not. I, I, know. Yeah, I am shocked because it's just. It's the creepy salesmen, those creeps. They're the creeps that they steal. The salesmen. They do, it's true. Those low rents, they're the stealers. I'll send you some. (laughs) UncleSteve'sNY.com, you know, Amazon, you can get the sauce. And uh, the show at the Garden's going to be great. I mean, that's a Garden of Dreams. 
Uh, I mean, it, uh, you got uh, Seinfeld and, and John Stewart and Bill Burr, and oh, uh, I'm God. sure you've had a lot of these guys on your show, All and them, uh, yeah. uh, Brian Regan and uh, Tiffany Haddish and uh, John Mulaney and Michael Chi. So this is the third time I'm hosting that. That'll sell out. That's a the, that's a big night in New York City, and uh, so every dollar goes where it's supposed to. And uh, now we're going to Australia with the Sopranos. It's the 20th anniversary of the Sopranos, right? And uh, we've been doing uh, shows, conversations with the Sopranos, and uh, we're going on a five-city Australian tour at the end of May. Me, myself, Michael Imperioli, and Vinnie Pastor. Oh, I love it. I love that crew. Yeah, That's so uh, we've been doing pretty good. Yeah, we're doing Atlantic City in February. We're doing, we just did Red Bank, New Jersey, 1,400 people. So that's kind of a fun thing to do, question and answer, give people a little pe uh, peek behind the curtain. And the blue bloods, and that's all I'm doing, and that's plenty. You know, I will tell you something, Steve. Ever since um, the show, every time you see a show that's supposed to be based on Italian... Uh, well, I, I guess you have to call it the Italian underworld, but they're always Italian, and they can't get away from from your <laughs> show. Even, no matter how hard they try, it's like... Uh, that's no, a, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I've done next to none of that since the Sopranos, right. because right. I honestly don't think you could do it any better. No. I, I mean, you've that. had good fellas. You had Goodfellas, right? We had uh, The Godfather, of course, in Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. And Casino was, uh, you know, a good movie. And, and, of course, The Sopranos. And really, how many great ones have been done lately? Not too many, if any, at all. You know, it's just the same old crap. And a lot of the same old actors doing the same old thing. So that doesn't really interest me much, you know, uh, yeah. to be honest. Unless somebody comes... I mean, there's this... Uh, new new one, The Irishman, uh, right. based on a book uh, based on the book uh, by the uh, Frank Sheehan, who claims he killed Jimmy Hoffa, Hoffa uh, and it's starring your pal Robert De Niro, who I can't stand, as you know. Uh, well, and, uh, but it's pal. also got Pacino and Harvey Keitel and uh, a great cast, you know. So maybe that'll be one to put it back on the map. I don't know, you know. I gotta but, ask you, uh, Steve. We'll see. I'm very serious about this. I used to be a huge Robert De Niro fan, and then I haven't had personal contact with him, but my street reporter has 13 times. He will not talk to anybody. His wife left him now. He can't get a decent movie role. As I said yesterday, maybe it's you, Bobby. Maybe the rest of the world's not screwed up. Maybe you're the one that has yeah, a problem. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I've had some dealings with him. I think I told you the story, right? Yeah, you did. Ever tell you the story? I'd love to hear it again. Believe what, he, what, he, he tried to embarrass me or did embarrass me. I think I told you that. Yeah. Uh, all right, I told you that? No, I want to hear it. I do, absolutely. All right, so, so listen. So I work with De Niro. I work one day on Casino. That's where I got my... Uh, that's where I got my uh, SAG card. I had two lines. You could barely hear me. Uh, if you put it in slow motion, you could barely see me. <laughs> All right, we shot it in Las Vegas. Now, for real. Yeah. Shot it in Las Vegas. I auditioned for him and, and Scorsese. Uh, they gave me this thing. It's like a couple lines. It's the scene where the guy stabs the pen, right? So I'm right. just brand new. Uh, I don't know. It's 95, maybe, 1995, 4. I don't even know. Uh, and so... Uh, I shoot 16 hours. I shoot on the other side of town, and, uh, you know, we're together. Pesci couldn't be nice, so Frank Vincent was great. 
and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was a nobody, you know. I mean, just starting out. De Niro was cordial enough, not really talking to you. And so uh, we go fast forward. We go to um, on the Sopranos, and it's what, 2002 maybe? Uh, so it's not that long ago, seven years, you know. So uh, we do this big charity, Waldorf Astoria. Everyone's there. Meryl Streep, Kevin Spacey, Robin Williams. I could go on and on. Every big star is at this thing. And we're doing, if you could believe this, The Sopranos, Crazy Rudy Giuliani, who wasn't so crazy back then. Yeah. Jesse Martin, Tony Danza, and we're doing a West Side Story, a song. It's a big charity at the Waldorf. Katie Couric charity. So when it ends, we go up to her suite, big, huge suite. She's having a party. Hardly anyone's there yet. I'm with Paulie Walnuts. Oh, I love him. We're walking. Here's De Niro sitting in a chair. And I say, uh, Tony says, hi, Bob. Do you know Steve? And I shook my, shake his hand, and I go, I know this is ridiculous, and you won't remember, but I had a... The, the, the scene in the casino where they, they stabbed the guy with the pen, I was next to you there. And and, and, and he goes, hmm, didn't you deliver food to us on the set? Oh, God. And I said, no, no, no. You sure you didn't deliver food to us, bring us food? I said, I think you have the wrong guy. No, no, no. You did it like three or four times until I walked away. <laughs> God. Yeah, so he was insistent on, and you know, and the funny thing is when I, I, I did the Tonight Show, and I think I told Billy Crystal or somebody, and I, I just said, uh, you know, I told them the story, they go, doesn't surprise me. No. You know, so anyone you talk to doesn't surprise me. My friend's partner's with him in the uh, in some of his restaurants, so I know a lot more than your average guy. Forget about his hatred of Trump and all that. I don't get into the politics. Right. Uh, right. It's so easy what he's doing, you know, and uh, whatever. But that's the way it goes. I mean, not everybody's who you think they are. You worship someone from afar, a baseball player or whoever, and then you meet them and you go, this guy's the biggest creep I ever met. That's uh, And you're delusioned, which is why... I prefer not to meet, but sometimes it fools you. I, I was not a Madonna fan, just from afar, and then I met her, and she couldn't be nicer. So well, see, sometimes it works in reverse, you know. It does, but I, sometimes I w- someone you don't like, you don't like what they do, and then you go, "Wow, that was the nicest guy ever," you know. No, it's absolutely it. But I, I, it, to me, it seems that everybody I've ever known that that's done work with Robert De Niro or spent any time with him, he tries to make people really uncomfortable, and I don't know why he yeah, does that. Yeah, I agree. Why does yeah, he do I, that? I agree with you. Well, because he, you say hello to him, he's stuck for an answer if he doesn't have it scripted. <laughs> you know, he's got to have it written down. You're my favorite you know. human being on earth. I will so, tell you that. So there you go. So that, 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 that's one of the reasons. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys, they start believing their own press clippings, and he's not the only one. And most people you meet in the business are very nice. But then you get people that are very full of themselves and just think, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. You, all I'm doing, if you simplify it, Tom, what, what did you, you give your family knockout drops? They're not talking? What'd they do? No, they're, well, I tell you what, not a lot of people call in and talk about Robert <laughs> De Niro and tell everybody what a jackass he is. They're sitting and listening going, that's a fascinating story. You know, you so know? what I'm just saying is, uh, what I'm just saying is you, you get 
you know, you get people, they start, if you simplify it, what do I do? Okay, I, I was on The Sopranos, one of the greatest shows, if not the best show in TV history, now yeah. and 50 years from now. I, I recited the best natural way I can someone else's lines. They wrote them, I said them. Yep. That's it. Blue Bloods, great writers, fantastic, as good as any. I agree. They say they write this great stuff for me, and I try to do it the best I can. I'm not curing cancer. I'm not, uh, you know, what I say politically or about the world means nothing. I'm just a guy who recites someone else's lines. I, I try to do it the best I can. I make a living. I enjoy what I'm doing. We're not curing cancer. I'm not changing the world. Get over yourselves, you know. Get over yourselves. No, no question. That's you know, all you are. I got to ask you a question. You know? Aren't you a lot taller? And I know you're a lot more broad-shouldered than Robert De Niro. Why would he talk to you like that? He might be risking, you know, losing his losing his. Oh, skull. I don't know. He was just a smart aleck. Who knows what he's doing? I mean, this is years ago. I mean, I have no idea. I'm six two. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't people. People also think that uh, a guy that you portray on the show, you're that guy. Not right. You know right. what I mean? Yep. You know, I mean, I used to get a lot of that on the Sopranos. You got these wise guys want to be wise guys to this day. Hey, I'm the real guy. Hey, my uncle, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, my nephew just got sent to Rikers Island. Well, what are you telling me for? <laughs> what are you telling me for? It's true. Well, they want to be part of the club, I guess. It doesn't make any sense to me. But. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so you got a lot of that. You've had a lot of that. I mean, I, I don't get it, but people, uh, you know, I mean, 99% of the people are great, and then you got this other element of uh, whatever, and they worship. They, you know, I mean, to worship, uh, listen, you could enjoy a singer, enjoy a uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, whoever an actor, you, you love their work. I love what they do, but to worship, you know. Listen, I'm a biggest, uh, as big a Frank Sinatra fan as ever. Sure. I think I might have told you the story. I met him numerous times. Did I tell you this? Or are we both getting old, Tom? No. <laughs> no I, well, I don't remember what I told you. You don't remember what I told I you. I do remember. But I don't remember I, what I said, and you don't remember. Pete, but but no. uh, Sinatra, the first time I met, and, and not that we were friends by any means, but I met him a half a dozen times. Sinatra came in 2 in the morning, very drunk, with a bottle of Jack Daniels to a party, about 25 people at the party, and he yelled at Don Rickles. <laughs> Shut up, Don, and I'm not joking. <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. Fantastic. It is, well, you know, I mean, I, I think he was great. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think he's the greatest. He did a lot of nice things for people. I, yeah, I'm sure he had his moments, you know. No, I'm sure that's true. I have heard he was very, very nice to everybody. He worked. Uh, my favorite thing that I ever heard from, from people because. We we did two two shows a year for many many years at the uh, Golden Nugget in the old Frank Sinatra Theater, and I got to use Frank mm -hmm. Sinatra's dressing room. And there are so many stories in that dressing room. There are pictures there. And now, by the way, the guy appears there now took all of Frank Sinatra's stuff down and put his own pictures up. Oh, Why no. you would do that? Who is that? I, uh, Who's so, even there now? He's a magician or something. I don't Frankie know. Marino. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But you know, you know, for for that short time, you know, they had a four hundred seat little showroom, right? Uh, and it was. It's not the one that 
that's there now. This was like almost a lounge in the middle of the casino, and and they he brought in Diana Ross and yep. Sarah Vaughn and Sinatra. I mean, and the the thing was four hundred seats. Oh, I was there. Phenomenal. It was the most incredible thing to see to see you know these kind of people in, in such a small venue like that. You know, and, and that's really something. You know, nice guy Paul. Uh, you know, I got to be a little friendly with Paul. I just saw his next to last con- uh, next to last concert. You know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and uh, and he was great. He's a good guy, New York guy. You know. Oh, you know, got to be a New- nice. Some yeah, people ain't. It got to be a New York guy to be a good guy. Okay, Steve. No, that's not true. I'm sure where you are, there's plenty of good people. Oh, I'm sure I there you once. Are. I told you that story. I was in, I was in Minneapolis one time. I know. I, I was, told you that story. We that's a horrible time. story. We have, can you stay? Can what you, else? What's can, happening? Can we take a very quick break in, in about a minute or so? Can you? How much longer do you have? Because I don't want to hold you through, through your next interview. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Seriously? I got no. I'm not doing interviews. You're the only one. I'm not kidding you. I know. There's no tour. I'm off duty. I only did it for you. I'm I know you're amazing. You. Honest to God, you've I'm done off this for duty, me. baby. What's because I, I'm I owe duty. you. I owe you. There's no. I finished Saturday. Uh, whatever you want to talk about when you come back. Okay, come when on. I come back, I want to talk about what you have planned for Christmas, the New Year. I mean, you're in television, you're in movies, you're doing the benefit, the Garden of Dreams. I want to hear all about that. The Garden of Dreams Foundation, what that's all about. You already talked about the the guest list or the performance list, excuse me. The biggest names in all of comedy. Uh, I just read the 10 top money earners in comedy right now and about... Oh, about 90% of the people that will be there are on that list of the highest. Uh, well, Jerry Seinfeld still is the highest paid comedian in America, $57.5 million a year. Jesus. It's not, not bad. Not too bad. Okay, we'll be back in two minutes, I promise you. More with Steve Sharippa, Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. 
Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Oh, really? So Steve Sharippa's on, so you play the Christmas donkey? Oh, uh, can you God, not? This is a horrible song. Oh, Steve. it's it's catchy though. Do you hear how no, she's, it isn't. She's turning <laughs> on you. This is not catchy. She's turning on you, Steve. Wow. That's all. <laughs> I like this Christmas song, Matt and Felice Navidad. That's <laughs> not Italian. You, I know it's Spanish. It's Latin, you know. You gotta expand your horizons when it comes to Christmas I guess that's music. Lumonti, you know who Lumonti is? Sure, absolutely. Get international. That's who sings that. That's exactly there you it. Go. So, Steve, what do you got planned for Christmas? What are you gonna do? Uh, Christmas. Let's see. Well, it's my daughter, my older daughter, Bria's birthday, uh, the 22nd. So what we do is we go uh, take her out to dinner. Saturday night. Then the 23rd, we go to the Radio City show. We've been doing that since the kids were small. I got my two daughters, Bria and Sierra. So we go to Radio City, see the Rockettes. Mm -hmm. They make a little change every year. It's a great, great show if you've never seen it. Great. So we do that, then we go to dinner that night again. Then uh, Christmas Eve, my wife will cook. And, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have some galamar. And we don't do the whole seven fish thing, you know. We do maybe three or four. Yeah. And then every time the Knicks are in, Christmas Day, uh, the garden invites us to the game. So we go to a 12 o'clock game on Christmas Day. And then either we, my wife will cook or we'll go out to eat. So that's what we do. The next uh, four or five days, we got a lot of stuff going on. We go see the tree at Rockefeller Center. Oh, God, We yeah. do that. Sure. You know, we do that. We already went to Bryant Park, me and my wife, the ice skaters. I like mm-hmm. Christmas. I like spending Christmas here. I, many years I was in Vegas. We always had a sure. good time. Uh, you know, we've tried it. We went to Hawaii one year like everyone goes. We did not care for that. So we spent Christmas here, you know. Yeah. And then... Uh, then I'll go to California after Christmas for 10 days. I understand that well, completely. That's it. Being in New York City at Christmas time is absolutely amazing. What do you guys eat on Christmas? Uh, what are we eating on Christmas, Alex? Goose, dumplings, and sauerkraut. You're not going ice fishing, are you, Alex? Right. Oh, God, I would never. <laughs> I would never. I was just talking to my husband about I just, that's one thing that I will never comprehend, why people go ice fishing. I figured it out. I don't know, but don't they put bars in the tent and drunk. everybody drinks while you're ice fishing? Yeah. <laughs> it was invented by a guy. So terrible. It was invented by a guy that rolled over and looked at his wife at four in the morning and said, I'd rather be on a frozen lake drunk than lying in bed next to you I so guess. sweet <laughs> i guess that's true well and also my worst fear ever is falling through ice so yeah that wouldn't be yeah, good okay mm. now who's gonna cook who what are you gonna eat what do you guys eat my mother and i cook yes they cook and, and, and my... it's christmas eve or christmas day, day or both christmas day yep oh christmas, christmas day yeah what about christmas eve we are getting together. What, with, what's going to happen there we're getting together with my mother's brother and her my mom's side of the family Okay. You don't sound that enthused, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's super laid back. It's not any, like, big festive thing. It's oh, just it's like everybody, big yeah, everybody yeah. brings some food and we hang out and it's oh, it's okay. nice, but okay. it's not. As long as you're together, yeah. that's yeah. all that really matters anyway. Yeah, it's no, very nice. For real. My, we used to throw big Christmas Eve parties in the Las Vegas. Big, big. Oh, all yeah. the comics. Because there was so many people, uh, so many people. 
you know, that are alone, especially in Vegas, you know. So we would throw a big Christmas Eve party. The, the, the comedy club at the river was open. The comics came over, and, uh, and I don't know, 100 people. And we would uh, have a great time. And, uh, and so we don't do that. Now we're smaller, but we still, Christmas Eve is our thing. You know who came to my house, Tom? Hmm. Remember Vince Champ? Sure, absolutely. Huh. Vince Champ who raped them. He raped everyone. This guy was at my house Christmas Eve a couple times. Oh, my God. But, uh, obviously before he raped people, I hope. you know. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's probably a good decision I mean, on his part. I mean, I mean, it was, it was. Uh, uh, I don't know if people know the story. He was a comic, a decent comic, very, very polite, very nice, very intelligent. Father was an FBI agent, and then he got. He's in jail for life for raping a bunch of women. Yeah, just horrible. Yep. You would never think, though. Knowing him, that he would be that guy. Yeah, know? I know. I know what you're saying. Oh, I got Back a, then, you know, it's, it's amazing. I got a great story for you. You know Kevin Weeks, right? But Whitey Bulger's guy killed like 22 people. You know Kevin Weeks I is right not. up in, up in well, but Whitey, Whitey Whitey Bulger had a had a. See son. here you go. You're assuming because I was on a show about that's a monster that I I'm know s- about mobsters. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's because you're Italian. Dominic the donkey. Why don't you play that in the background? <laughs> You guys. Play Dominic the Donkey, then ask me mob questions. Let's do that this is not a mob question. What are you going to play? Funiculi, Funiculonic? <laughs> this is not a mob thing. It's just about. Jeez. He, he got out of prison, killed 23 people for Whitey Bulger, and I had met him way back in the day at a party. And matter of fact, he was in New York City. He's from Boston, but he was in New York City. And I was living there at the time, way back in the 80s or whatever. And I, I met him at a party. So he gets out of prison, and I had him on this show. He called in to do the show, and I said, Kevin, uh, you wouldn't remember this, but I, uh, I met you a long time ago at a party in New York, and there was this long pause, and he goes, do you owe me money? I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> he, was joking. he was joking. Yeah, he was joking, thank God. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was joking. You know, yeah, well, yeah. see, now, it wasn't a mob thing. I, you know, just because you're Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. now you're going to start ganging up with the Italian shit. Okay, can we say that? <laughs> Are we cursed? Yeah, play other Italian songs and ask me questions. Play the theme from The Godfather and ask me some questions. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Look, we're, we're, we're both Roman Catholic. That's close enough, right? <laughs> Nice Catholic boys. <laughs> That's the whole deal in any case. I want to hear about the, the uh, Garden of Dreams Foundation. What is that all about? Uh, well, first of all, have you had uh, most of those guys have probably been on the air for you, you know? Yes. As a matter of fact, every one of them has been on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Garden of Dreams, it's, it's Madison Square Garden, and, and they take care of kids in the tri-state area, underprivileged kids. They do all kinds of great stuff for them, and I've been involved uh, for quite a long time. Every dollar, and, and the owner of the Knicks, Jim Dolan, and then, uh, he owns the Garden. He is the most generous guy, and every dollar goes where it's supposed to. And they give us the the room for the night, Barry Watkins, who, who's uh, a longtime uh, uh, vice president there at the Garden, he runs it, and everyone's volunteered. No one's getting a dollar, and uh, they put on this incredible comedy show. We've had in the past uh, Wanda Sykes and Sebastian Maniscalco and John Oliver. Sure. And, and one year, the lineup's better than the next, you know, and, and so Seinfeld, this is his second year. We do it every two years. So, uh, you know, the tickets, I think, I think it holds 5,000. 
I think they sold 3,000 already, you know. I mean, it just sells out fast because it's a really good night. And what they do is, on top of that, so I bring out, so I'll come out, I just, you know, somebody writes me something hopefully funny. And then uh, I a couple of minutes, and then I bring on uh, two presenters. And they're usually New York actors, uh, the Rangers, Knicks, football guys. You know, in the past we've had Susan Sarandon, and, and uh, who's the guy from The Walking Dead? Uh, I don't know that show at all. I don't, I've never watched I don't that watch show. the show. He's a big, yeah. big star. Good guy. Him and, and, and the Spike Lee and Saturday Night Live people and Tina Fey and all these great people, they they bring on the act. So you don't have just the comics. You have all these other New York people come out, and, and, and it turns out to be a great night. And they've raised, you know, I don't know, $2 million. You know, they'll raise a lot of money, you know. So it's a good night. It's a fun night. It's on April, and, uh, April 2nd, yep. April 2nd, if you happen to be in this area, uh, that's really the place to be that night. Tickets aren't that expensive. Uh, they're really not for who you're getting to see, these great comics. So uh, so we'll do that. And uh, what else? What else are we doing? That's well, it. When are you coming to Minneapolis? No Saint movies. Paul. I haven't done anything. I, they signed me this year to all the Blue Bloods. I saw that, yeah. So which is I've great been tied up. Yeah. So we started in uh, July, and we'll go until April. And then uh, the following month, we'll head out to Australia and New Zealand. And uh, well, what else? That's about it, man. We and hopefully get... the show gets picked up. We go back to work. Well, God, that's a great show. It, it, it's consistently in the top 20, if not the top 10, and sometimes in the top five. I don't see that show ever going away. Yeah, yeah let's hope so. You never now, know. Now, who are you saying the comics? Who are the comics that make a lot of money? Uh, Sebastian's Jared, big. He's a big actor. Right? Sebastian Maniscalco was in tenth place. He made seventeen million dollars last year. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's number one. You got uh, Kevin Hart number two. Kevin Hart made fifty-two million last year. You, you know, you got Chris yeah, Rock. Chris he, Rock. Of he course, should say a novena. <laughs> he should say a novena every morning, Kevin Hart. That's all I'm going to tell you. Not, isn't he a nice... It's like they shrunk Chris Tucker. That's all. They shrunk Chris Tucker, and you got Kevin Hart. I see I it. like it. I like that a lot, actually. But There yeah. you go. He screams and yells. I don't even know. So go ahead. No, Who else got... we got? Okay, you got Dave Chappelle. He's in the top five he's as very well. Very funny. Very funny. Oh, he's a very, yeah. very funny guy. Uh, very funny guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's basically everybody you're working with. That uh, Brian Regan, uh, unbelievable. John Stewart. John Mulaney is hilarious. I loved his TV show. It was only on for about two months, but it was a really good show. But yeah, it didn't last very long. No, it's too bad. Uh, it was with Martin Short, right? Martin Short was on there? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bill Burr is about as smart a guy and, a, and as good a comedian as I've ever seen. Bill Burr is amazing. Yeah, he's done it. Uh, Bill did it once before, too. You're very funny. And he's been around forever, man. You know, forever oh, and he ever. Has, yeah. he very has. funny guy. Very, very funny guy. Yeah, no, it's a great line. Brian Regan, who hasn't had that much TV exposure, just continues to sell out for the last 20 years, man. Yeah. It's amazing, you know. You know, it, it, there's not that many comics that, if you think about it, that have just stayed with the comedy. And, and you right. know what I mean? Right. Uh, they just, they're just stand-ups, pure stand-up. They're on the road. You know, Lewis Black does it. 
Uh, you know, there's Greg Shoemaker still doing it. But there's without a sitcom, without this, without that, just still filling two, three, four, five thousand seats every night with minimal TV exposure, you know? I will tell you, Lewis Black is one of the most pleasant people I ever dealt with. Dan Aykroyd yeah, was on the show today, guy. too. Dan Aykroyd was on today. Nicest guy in the world. I've known him for 33 well, years. Well, he's nice because he made all that money with the vodka, Skullheads. Yeah, yeah, that Crystal Skull. Absolutely. Yeah. He did a lot of... He made a lot more money with that than as he ever did as an actor, I believe. Well, I think you're absolutely right. Now, we got to get a commitment. When you come into Minneapolis-St. Paul, let's go. Set it up. Uh, Let's do. Let's do. We, we should do a Soprano conversation with the Sopranos. I'll bring those guys. <laughs> there you go. We'll get Pizza Hut. Do you have an Italian restaurant out there? We'll get Pizza Hut to actually, sponsor. Actually, I tell you what, Steve. How's that? Our family owns an Italian restaurant that we'll take you to. You'll love it. There you go. You will love it. And as long as they play Dominic the Donkey when I walk in, <laughs> I'm going to be happy. Steve, what a great. I don't care what time of year it is. I want to hear that. You should bring you should bring the Sopranos to Minneapolis St. Paul. It would be you probably end up doing ten shows. It'd be huge. We should do it. Listen, it's it's really is a, it's if you're a Soprano fan, it really is a good show. So who do I you talk know, to about uh, that? We usually bring a couple of comics with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we bring a couple guys with us: Rob McNaughty, Joey Cola. Mm -hmm. You know, we've brought Nick DiPaolo in the past. We I bring love a couple of, Sometimes we have a band with us. Sometimes we have a Sinatra guy with us. Sometimes. Uh, uh, we bring a band from Vegas, the Long Bronson Band, Travels. They they do all the songs from the show, you know, the theme song right. and a lot of songs that right. we played. So we have different versions of this thing. So we should do it. We got, i tell you what, you got to tell to me. me. Well, let's get those six Italians in Minneapolis to come out to the show. All six Italians. Yeah, we'll get all six Italians to come out. It'll be <laughs> wonderful. But, no, nah, I tell you, Nick DiPaolo and I, I've been friends with Nick for well over 30 years. I cannot believe that woman sucker punched him. He, he called me the day after she punched him in the face. It was unbelievable. What is that? I don't even know what that oh, is. Oh, it's about, what is that, about six months ago, something like that? A woman, a guy was talking to Nick after his show, saying, oh, Nick, I love the show. You're phenomenal, all the rest of it. My daughter's not wild about it. And she goes, I'm not. And sucker punches Nick right in the face. Wow. You can look it up online. Oh, I, I had saw, no idea. Oh, he got a big black eye from it and everything. But uh, uh, I had no idea. I love That's, the guy. Uh, I was, I, I, he's a very funny guy. He's a very, wonderful. Very, very, he makes me... He makes me laugh all out. Him, David Tell, those guys make yep. me laugh. No, you're absolutely right. All right, you know? we're going to get this book. We're going to eat you in here, and then we'll go to Barlow. See Ross you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and I will talk to you, man. All right, sir. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Great having you on, as always. Take care. You too. See ya. Steve Sharippa, ladies and gentlemen, the benefit to the Garden of Dreams Foundation, a night of stand-up comedy. The Garden of Laughs, Steve Sharippa is one. He, he only does interviews on this show. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. He loves you. He does I know. We get along really, really well. But it's probably because he's got an even raspier voice than I do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love The Sopranos. It. I watched oh, that thing God. Th th through the whole series three times. Fantastic. And I will do it again. <laughs> Thank you. What a great thing to do. A couple of days before Christmas, have Steve Sharippa on. I love the guy. We Absolutely. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. 
This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, the second show to the, well, the final show before Christmas is tomorrow. This would be the next, of the, this would be the penultimate show, I guess, for 2018. This is my last show. Yeah, that's right. It's your last year. show for the year. Yeah. Because you don't come in on Fridays. I do not. Steve Petro. How you doing, Steven? Do you want Steven? Do you want Steven or Steve? So many people. Steven? Oh, you can call me Mr. Manners. Mr. Manners is fine. I like Mr. Manners. That works for me. Mr. Manners. Holiday shopping. Uh, holiday. Oh, God. You're going to talk about holiday etiquette? You're not talking about the family around the dinner table, are you? Oh, yeah. We can talk about that and... Uh, how to avoid, you know, some of those nuclear conflicts that are likely to happen. Oh, yeah. Has that happened in your family? Uh, yes, it has, Stephen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Mike, uh, Michael, Michael Rodriguez is sitting down at the other end of the table. Michael Rodriguez. Michael Gonzalez sitting at the other end of the table, and he's looking at me laughing. Thanks, Michael. Anytime. Hey, Rod, where the hell did I get Rodriguez from? But, <laughs> I've lost my mind. Well, I've only known him for 13 iceberg, years. Greenberg. Yes, Iceberg, Greenberg, yes. whatever it is. Potato, Michael potato. Gonzalez. Michael well, you Gonzalez. Know, you, said, you, got pen, you, you got penultimate out. It's one of my favorite words. Oh, so, penultimate uh, is a great word. You get, you get bonus for that. I like this. Is it okay um, to ask? But, you know, it is. What? Oh, go ahead. Ask about anything. Oh, I just want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to read a uh, paragraph from your, from your bio here. Is it okay to ask if I can bring an extra guest or two, new significant other, roommate, whatever, to a holiday party? If I'm someone plus one, should we bring uh, both bring something? I, I would not care for that if somebody said, hey, look, I'm coming to your party, but I'm going to bring two other people. I would not like that. You know, I'm having a party tomorrow night, and I've had so many friends say, can I bring one, two, or three? And I'm like, you know, the invitation was addressed to you, and I know you have, you know, if I know you have a partner or significant other, I'm going to invite them. Uh, but, but no, it's, it's, it's rude to just kind of pile on uh, a whole group of people because, you know, everybody, everybody has limits. And then you put the host in an awkward, in an awkward place. Yeah, it's kind of um, I, You don't want to do that. No, I understand that completely. Where do you live, by the way, Stephen? I live um, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. No, I'm in your street uh, the address. <laughs> he goes at Tar. Oh, yeah, my street address. <laughs> well, Hills. yeah, right, right, right. And I didn't give I didn't give you the real name of my town either. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did like the fact you threw in the Tar Hill State, though. Um, yeah, it comes to the Tar Hill State. Okay, I want to party starts at six. All right, right, I will see you then. Here's what we're going to do. I want to sit back and I want to listen to you, the the best of and the worst of etiquette, because there are both sides of it. You've studied it in depth. So uh, you want to go from worst to best or best to worst as far as really yeah. bad etiquette? Start where you want, uh, Stephen, because I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, one of the, one of the worst, um, examples, and, and it's a question I get all the time at this, this time of year is, what's the etiquette of regifting? And um, I'm sure Michael has never done that. I'm sure you've never done that. Uh, of course, everybody does that. And there really, there really some, some rules about that. Uh, 
you know, on the surface, it's a perfectly great idea. You could almost think of it as a green thing, you know, recycling, you know, uh -huh. into the economy, into other people's hands. Yeah, that's how I'd like to look at it. But you want to make sure you're not giving the same gift that was given to you to that person. And so how are you going to remember that? That's really hard for most of us to do because, you know, there's a little bit of eggnog involved at this time of year. But you want to avoid that. I have, like, because, you know, this is my business and I'm a little OCD, I have a little closet with regifting things, and I put a post-it on the item saying, oh, Michael gave that to me. And so then I'll know not to give that to Michael. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the, other part of that happens, the other part that happens with regifting is we get a really pretty package. Maybe we peeked in it or not, but then we just regift it on to somebody else. And let's say it's a book, and it's inscribed to you from the person who gave it to you. Well, then you're caught, and you don't want to get caught. So make sure you kind of go through the pages or if it's a vase that you got for your wedding and you really don't like it, but it's engraved to you and your spouse, you know, that's got to stay in the closet also. Um, so you just got to pay attention. But otherwise, you know, if you think it's something that the other person is going to like, go ahead and re-gift it and save a little money and save a couple of trees in the process. Yeah, that's fine. I have uh, no problem with that. Okay. Uh, you know, the other one is what happens at the dinner table these days. You know, we live in our social media echo chambers that apparently are spied on continuously by Facebook and, and the other tech giants. Um, that's beside the point. But then, you know, we come together as families and you throw in a little bit of alcohol and bam, you know, you've got, you've got some combustion going on. So I like to suggest for hosts, you know, those who are having people over, set a couple of ground rules. And a rule that a lot of people like is, We'll keep the politics to before dinner. You can say as much as you want. But when we sit, when we sit down at the dinner table, that's going to be a politics-free zone, and we're going to talk to each other, and we're going to be nice with each other. Uh, so I, I actually like that one a lot. Yep. And if you're the kind of personality who can enforce that, that's great. You know, and there's kind of a secondary caveat to that, which is let's also leave our telephones out in the other room. Uh, I like to put a basket out there and say, okay, we're sitting down to dinner. It's going to be an hour to 90 minutes. You can live without your phone. They're going right here in the basket. And if I see anyone with the phone, I'm going to make you do the dishes. And so you've got a little <laughs> bit of a carrot and uh, a stick I like, there. I like that. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes you have to be mean when you're enforcing, you know, etiquette. But we don't talk to each other. And we're so used to just, you know, tapping away on our devices. And I'm guilty as the next person. So, um, you know, those are, those are, you know, a couple of things that I get asked about a lot. Um, what kind of, what kind of issues do you guys have? You know, I don't, I don't go to a lot of parties. Alex, you go to more, do you still go to parties? Well, with two kids now, you have two babies, so I suppose you I don't go to I just hosted a holiday party on you Friday. Did? And you, did you have any problems with etiquette? People no, I always, it's been the same group of people. There was one a new couple that came, but everybody kind of just knows but, and it's like an open house thing, and it's a cookie yeah. exchange, so it's not like a formal sit-down. I made everybody dinner. But people did just bring random people to our wedding. To your wedding? Yeah. Like, we oh invited one your person. Wedding. Yeah. We invited one person, and they just decided they RSVP'd with a plus one. <laughs> and I'm like, you were – we didn't invite a plus one for you because you're single. Is that Don Shelby? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, like Dan had some like high school friends or whatever, and we just invited them because they were single men and they RSVP'd and added a plus one. And I'm like, you don't have a plus one, and I'm not going to have my parents pay for a dinner for someone that you just randomly invited because you felt like you wanted to. Yeah, that makes sense. The problem I run into somebody is not is not a. Yeah, when you hook up with someone, that's not a, that's not a reason to bring them to a wedding. Yeah. And that really makes it hard for you because if, if you said yes to that one one person in the plus one, then you're going to have other friends that say, hey, yep. you, oh, know, yeah. you gave him an acceptance, yep. Yep. and then you got sick, and then you get your parents paying for that. And you know, Yeah. We made a rule that it was like, that. if you want to bring Good some random person, bring them after dinner to the dance. You can bring them to the dance. Because they'll pay for their own drinks and whatever. If you really need to bring this random chick from the internet or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's nice. You must. Yeah, you probably, you probably didn't even have the name until 8 o'clock in the evening. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. It's, it's possibility. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The problem I have is none of the yeah. people in my circle seem to know how to read anymore. So I'll send out an invitation for an event. This is when it is. This is what it's about. Bring this if you want to, so on and so forth. And for the next three weeks, I get emails. What time is this? Yeah, where? Who's coming? What? It's like yeah. it's all right there. Just we do that when <laughs> there's like it's just the family. Yeah, there's four of us coming, and it's for the next two weeks. Oh my God. What time is it? Where is it? And, and oh, it's text messages. Like we're all fifteen-year-old girls, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, because then you have right. nothing that there's anything well, wrong with fifteen-year-old girls. <laughs> I happen to have be the father to one, but anyway. Right. Well, with my mother, you need evidence yes. of oh, what yes. she said. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or she'll say she never said it. Yeah. 100% true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100% true. Steve, that's, well, that's my... That's, I, I think your friends are a lot better. So go ahead. No, no, no. no go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to say, I think your friends are a lot better than mine because I would say half of my party list for tomorrow has not RSVP'd at all. I mean, at least yours are saying, hmm. when is it, even though they have the... Oh, oh I get that, too. Non-RSVPs. I've had people say, well, I'm not coming, so I decided not to answer. It's like, do you I, know what RSVP stands for? Oh, my gosh. I once hosted... I've hosted a lot of baby and bridal right. showers in my day. I once hosted a bridal shower mm -hmm. for my cousin that I got... I think there were, like, 45 people invited. 12 people RSVP'd, yes. I couldn't get RSVPs from some people... And then, like, I think eight people that RSVP'd no showed up, and there ended up being, like, 35 yeah. of the 45 people, mm -hmm. even though 12 people RSVP'd. Oh, God. And so I had, like, barely but any there's, food there's like, for everybody, and, right. I, oh, my God. I don't know why people don't RSVP. Well, there's, like, this, this you know, it's, like, it's a great modern etiquette problem, and then we all thought that evites and paperless posts would solve that because you know, they just keep nagging you, but... Human nature doesn't seem to be very compliant. And, you know, I find that these days when people say yes, that means maybe. When they say maybe, that means no. And when they say no, that probably means yes. <laughs> so, I, here's, here's, so here's what I do, though, and this is a good rule of thumb. If you invite 30 people, assume two-thirds will show up. You'll have no idea which two-thirds, but it's generally that's kind of the number that most people get. Yeah. Um, so... Here's something, here's something you'll find here's something you'll find interesting because there's definitely uh, I grew up on the East Coast I've lived in the Midwest for most of my life, but there's a, a marked difference about what happens in the Midwest. So if you have dinner party and you schedule it at six o'clock in New York, expect people to show up at seven thirty eight, 
In Minnesota, they'll sh- start coming about quarter after five to five. Yeah, yep. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, at our Christmas party on Friday, I posted on the Facebook page. I was like, if you show up to my house early, I will not let you in, because I'll be <laughs> like, you know, putting on my makeup until six o'clock when people should be coming through my door. Negative. I have two young children. I'm not going to be early for anything. <laughs> exactly. For years. <laughs> Exactly. I, I love you people. You know, you're, you've got you've got it all down. You know, and there's nothing worse than the person who comes early and thinks that's a good thing. That's a terrible thing. No, <laughs> horrible. It's, it's worse. It's it's worse. It's worse than coming late. Um, you know, at least at least you're dressed when they come late. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you got your bathrobe. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Stephen, how to how, how, how could people find you? Uh, to, you know, if they have any questions for you or want Again, to see all your tips. we're going to need your home address. Yeah, your home address. What's, where, what's your street address? But no, you know, people want to reach know, out I'm to you a bit. Smarter than, I'm smarter than I look. I'm not telling you how to find me. No, okay, uh, never mind. I'm at, at stephenpetro.com, uh, Stephen with a V, and P-E-T-R-O-W.com. You can find out and reach me there. You're a good man, Stephen. Well, happy holidays. Have a wonderful new year. I appreciate your time today, and I'm... Much more polite, having known you. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Stephen. Have a good right. day. Bye. Stephen Petro, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, etiquette. Do, is there any etiquette left? Do you think? It depends on who you're talking to. We've been having more parties now that our kids are older and not in the home very much. So, you do get sometimes you get handwritten thank you notes, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You don't get it very often, but when you get them, you go, God, that's pretty neat. I do handwritten thank you notes, but no one can read them because I have such terrible handwriting. Well, that's the whole family do, right there. Yeah. The whole I write, family. and I'm like, P.S., sorry about my penmanship. <laughs> my family has the worst handwriting of any living human being. We have we horrible handwriting. Whatever Mom part too. of the brain that's responsible for that, we just don't have. Yeah, Mom has crazy handwriting, too. My dad's got great handwriting. Huh. He oh my wrote, gosh! He wrote college textbooks. He can't type. He'd write them out longhand oh and gosh. hand them to oh a typist. Gosh. By the way, the comment you made about your mother earlier, she said, "Okay, because well, we always go Sunday night. What do you have this week?" She goes, "Oh well, okay. So Alex and I are going out Wednesday night to dinner." I said, "Okay, that's fine. So I'll just set up a dinner with Kendall because he wants to go out. So we'll get that done." So we get to Tuesday, and she goes. Okay, remember, I'm going to dinner with Alex tonight. I said, what? She goes, yeah, I'm going to dinner with Alex. I told you that already. I said, you told me it was Wednesday. She said, no, no, I always told you it was Tuesday. I said, honey, I set up a dinner with Kendall on Wednesday because you told me you're going to be gone Wednesday. She never remembers no. that stuff. Well, that's like... That I, woman is a pain in the butt. <laughs> no doubt about I it. I have... I've set up because Dan and my mother have this in common. Well, they'll be like, what? You never told me about... That. Like... And I I'm like, okay, I, I told you. So I have a calendar set up for both of them on my phone Good where I plan. link them. And I'm like, here's the time. Here's yep. the place. Here's mm-hmm. the day. You cannot deny the fact that this is when it is because you have it on your calendar. And then I also have a calendar on the side of my fridge where I write everything down for the week Good ahead. Plan. Where I'm like, here it is. Good plan. <laughs> because it was too many like, oh, you didn't tell me it was this day. Well, I told you, you three times, tonight. but other than that. Have fun tonight. Michael, always a pleasure to see you. Always. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.